Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we've got a provocative interview about a form of censorship that I would never have imagined I saw in my lifetime. Job Creators Network has become one of the most influential advocacy groups for small businesses. It represents 30 million small businesses across America, basically the mainstream engine, Main Street engine of our economy, and this past weekend, they were suddenly uh, suspended from Twitter. The reasons are not very clear. They got a generic letter. But this not only silences the advocacy voice, it silences the 30 million small businesses that are represented by this group. And I've been looking back over the last few weeks, and, and the form of censorship I'm seeing now, it's not just about violent memes or calls to violence. Uh, it's now gone to stopping official comments, entire uh, legitimate advocacy groups in America. Heck, Senator Ron Johnson had testimony removed from his YouTube channel from an official Senate hearing. We can't protect people from things that occur on the floor of the Senate. This is crazy. So today I wanted to bring a very special guest on, Elaine Parker. She's the chief communications officer with Job Creators Network. She is on the front lines of fighting um, uh, the battles that small businesses need, particularly in the midst of this uh, pandemic, in the midst of regulation battles. Um, and uh, this group is not controversial. They don't do silly things. They don't make up conspiracy theories. They don't um, engage in hate speech. It's a group that's just trying to help businesses communicate their policy agenda. To Washington. And when they were struck by this Twitter suspension, I, I was really taken aback. And I just want you to hear from Elaine today. I don't have anything else to share. I want you to hear directly from her what happened, how it happened, what it means for the future. Go check out what Senator Ron Johnson just said a few days ago about his YouTube speech, uh, uh, the actual testimony from an official Senate hearing being taken down off of YouTube. The censorship has gone to a point now of, for most Americans I talk to, insanity. We're now censoring official events and official accounts, um, and most of the issues are policy disagreements. Now, we're not talking about hate speech. We're not talking about violence. We're talking about silencing legitimate voices that have 
one perspective in America that is shared by nearly half of the country. So uh, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, Elaine Parker, Job Creators Network. You do not want to miss this interview. Um, it has had my head spinning for a couple of days, what happened to Job Creators Network. We'll be right back after this commercial break with our exclusive interview with Elaine Parker at Job Creators Network, a censorship story you're not going to want to miss. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest with a remarkable story of censorship. We've had a lot of censorship stories on this show, but this one stuns me more than any of the other ones that we've covered to date. And there's some, been some good ones. So joining us right now is Elaine Parker. She's the chief communications officer for the Job Creators Network, one of the most important voices for small business. Elaine, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, John. I appreciate the time. Well, this is an important story. We really want people to understand. First off, you, you have you represent what, about 30 million small businesses, is that it, correct? We do. We represent 30 million small businesses and we advocate for lower taxes and pro-growth policies um, uh, overall for small businesses to help them grow and thrive. And you've been, we were driving voice for the tax cuts for um, small business, driving cut for the PPP relief during the um, COVID outbreak. So you, you guys are really the frontline defenders of Main Street businesses and, and really not that controversial, right? We, we call ourselves, we're kind of like the SEAL team and we are on the front line fighting for small business and trying to make sure that they have a seat at the table um, on all these economic policies that impact them in a huge way from taxes to healthcare, regulations, uh, wage mandates, all of those um, issues try to elevate their voice and make sure that uh, our illustrious political um, leaders um, hear their voice. Yeah. No, it's uh, I've watched your work for years and it's in, you know, it's such an important role. And, and I've met many of the small businesses that are now part of your membership and they they really appreciate what JCN does. So it's a it's a weird moment when Twitter decides that such an important voice, such a responsible voice uh, should be kicked off the platform. And uh, before I even get to how they kicked you off and why they kicked you off shortly before that happened, you guys uh, made a call for Twitter to be regulated as utility to address some of the censorship. Is that correct? We did. Um, Alfredo Ortiz, the Job Creators Network CEO, who right. you know very well, John, I do. Um, penned an op-ed about two weeks ago um, in, in Real Clear Politics, calling on Washington to begin regulating uh, social media platforms um, and these tech giants as, as utilities. Um, and the reason behind that is because it would it would preclude them from excluding services based on political beliefs and ideology. I mean, when when you're getting your phone service through AT and T, um, they don't care who you vote for or who you support or what your political background is. They just want to sell you a service and you want the cheapest price and the best quality. Right. Um, 
Well, Facebook and, and Twitter, they shouldn't have any more ability to um, decide what we say or do on their platforms because they're protected by Section 230. Um, and so they're not responsible for the content uh, that's on their platforms. And, and that's why we really ha- we have not um, agreed with um, a lot of the leadership in Washington that is advocating to repeal Section 230. We think regulating them is a utility, um, which is what they are. They have become America's 21st century um, town square, really. Right. Um, and, and because of that, this is necessary speech and it's a necessary place where people go to share ideas, different ideas. Um, and, and we shouldn't have to worry about being censored because we have a different idea from somebody else. But we're not even a political organization, John. We're a small business advocacy organization. So what we talk about on our um, platform, on our page, is how increasing taxes on small businesses hurt them and how overregulation hurts small business and $15 an hour wage mandates. Um, we didn't violate any of their internal policies. We have done a complete review inside and out, and we didn't violate anything. And without warning, on Thursday afternoon, we received an email that we were being suspended. Wow. And uh, describe, and it was less than, what, about 10 days after uh, Alfredo Ortiz's um, uh, op-ed had appeared, right? So within 10 days of you calling to regulate Twitter, you get kicked off, you do a review, you can't find anything that uh, hit, even comes close. And there's no prior warnings. Like normally they give you a warning. They normally cite something and say, hey, we're concerned about this, clean this up. It just came out of the blue. What What's your assessment of why they did this? We think it's pure retribution. Retribution for defending free speech and then retribution specifically for um, Alfredo Ortiz's op-ed urging big tech regulation. Wow. And is the suspension permanent, temporary? Uh, do they, are they have any, have they given you any sense of what it is or how long it may last? Well, we have not heard from them. We have um, filed appropriate um, uh, appeals process, but we've also sent a letter to the head lawyer at Twitter and we're hoping we FedExed it Friday night. We're hoping that this can be resolved um, as soon as possible. You know, look, if it's not resolved as soon as possible, we're certainly prepared to condition, consider what our additional legal options are. Um, I mean, after all, if we did not violate Twitter's terms and conditions and Twitter keeps us suspended, then they're harming us as an organization. Um, and, and not only that, they're silencing the 30 million small business owners who are being hurt by this pandemic-induced recession and also the policies that they're facing from increased taxes and regulations and, and wage mandates. And so they need a voice out there. We need to educate the public about how these policies impact small business. It's, it's just stunning that, uh, cause that really, that's what, that's who's the ultimate victim here. I mean, there's obviously a group and, and you have your executive leadership team and your people who do social media and social comms. But at the end of the day, it's 30 million business owners, by the way, people already struggling because of the pandemic now getting punished again, because they're, primary voice in Washington, their primary advocate in Washington has been silenced without any really stated cause, right? They, they, did they identify any tweets that they thought crossed the line? Did they give you a list of tweets and said, this is what, this was what you did wrong? So the email that was sent to us is that we were being suspended for something called platform manipulation and spam. Um, and I can assure you that we do not, um, we do not do anything along those lines. Again, we focus on how uh, economic policies impact small business. Um, and, and just, John, if you take a step back and you just look at what's been happening 
um, you know, we're a pro-free market small business advocacy organization, and we've been watching what's been happening over the last few weeks, beginning with, you know, the President Trump uh, being uh, indefinitely yeah, banned, banned right. from, from Twitter and Facebook. Um, and, and we have always argued that competition is the best solution in the marketplace um, over any government solution. So this is really out of the ordinary for us as an organization. But based on what we have witnessed, we do think that the, that the government does need to regulate and step in these large tech organizations and regulate them just like they do AT&T. I mean, they did all of this under the guise that this was to, um, you know, we're calling, I've heard it called the purge, right. um, that, that this purge we're seeing um, of conservative voices is to prevent further um, violence from the um, attacks on the Capitol on January 6th. But we really think that this is just a pure power grab. And even the ACLU has spoken out about it when they said it should concern everyone when companies like Facebook and Twitter wield the unchecked power to remove people from platforms that have become indispensable for the free speech of billions. That should send shutters down every single American spine. Yep. No, there's no doubt about it. And, uh, and the, the, purge continues each day and and you hear these cases and you go well i, I just don't, you know usually there's due process there's usually evidence and so they didn't cite any specific they didn't give you a tweet or a, a set of tweets saying this is these are the ones that violate these are the ones that manipulate right they left you just with a phrase and nothing else is that correct correct and no one knows what that means yeah i mean i, mean, I have no I idea know what it means <laughs> yeah i know i think i'm smart but i don't know what that means i mean normally you're you should be confronted with you know uh, the, the the sense of due process we have in America is you get confronted with the evidence. Usually you get a chance to correct things. And then, you know, the, the most serious uh, penalty is afforded after that. But none of that's happened here. They just pulled your plug without really any explanation or evidence. And that's what shocked me about this. I think when I heard about this, I, I was floored by the, the the casualness of it. It's just as though there's not even a requirement that we have to tell you which tweets uh, violated our policies. It's just, see you later. You're out. Sayonara. You're gone. Um, <laughs> exactly. And you could, you, look, you could argue, John, look, these are private companies. Um, you know, they are not regulated. These are private companies. And if they don't want to, you know, if they want to pull someone's plug, they have every right to pull someone's plug. Right. But the, the reality is this is about free speech. And this, this is the reason why free speech is our first amendment is because it is our most sacred freedom. That's yeah. why it's number one, um, in the constitution. And, you know, and you can say, oh, well, why don't you just go somewhere else? Why don't you go to some, some other platform or, or create your own? Well, the reality is we would do that in a heartbeat and millions of people were doing just that yep. in moving over to parlor. Um, 15 million people actually were, had already moved over to Parler when all of the tech companies conspired together to pull the plug and deplatform this organization, this private company, um, because they decided what was on their platform wasn't um, wasn't acceptable. And the reality is, John, there's no Parler does not allow violence on their platform any more than Twitter and Facebook does. Right. It doesn't mean they can police police at all 100 percent of the time. Yeah. But the reality is um, they were pulling the plug because they saw a competitor entering the marketplace 
and people were leaving. And those yeah. are dollars leaving Twitter and Facebook yeah, platforms. That's that's the real challenge here, which is, uh, you know, the Section 230 protects it from content, but it doesn't protect it from anti-competitive practices. And um, and, you know, you have restraint of interstate commerce. You're you're, you engage in interstate interstate commerce by helping individual businesses, uh, you know, uh, get the right policies in Washington. And they're currently restraining your interstate, your right to interstate commerce uh, through this um, this ban, particularly without any evidence. When you look out now. And and you see the horizon. It's obvious that conservatives and those who are, are, don't um, adhere to liberal, uh, I don't want to call them conservative because some some are conservative. They just simply don't believe in liberal policies. Um, uh, there's going to need to be a, an alternate ecosystem created. But while that that's going to take time, it took Twitter 10 years to get to the powerful position it is. Same thing with Facebook. What is being done short term? Do you think that there are lawyers willing to step into the void, that there are small businesses that will say, listen, if Twitter doesn't fix this quickly, we're going to court. What are the interim steps before the alternate uh, ecosystem can be built that you think may may come from this decision that was rendered upon you guys? Look, I, I hope that um, that Congress takes up uh, taking a look at regulating um, them as a utility. I think it makes the most sense at this point. Um, they certainly um, made those decisions with, with AT&T. They broke up the organization. Right. We've seen this story before, historically, and we've seen what the government does to companies that um, that amass this kind of power and then exercise it in the way they're doing it. Yeah. The government steps in, and this is one case where um, Job Creators Network agrees with the government stepping in because they're hiding behind, you know, they're saying, oh, well, we didn't, we, we wanted to um, prevent more violence. So we shut down Parler, um, you know, and, and we felt their content was inciting violence. But you know what, by that standard, Twitter and Facebook accounts that, pro- that promoted Black Lives Matter content, which inadvertently fueled riots last summer, they should also be purged. And we don't see that happening. And we don't yeah. see the acknowledgement of the violence that came out of Black Lives Matter and where that was being um, instigated from and communicated from That's was right. platforms just like Facebook and Twitter. Um, so, you know, it was good for the goose is good for the gander, right? It's uh, that's the double set. The double standard is so obvious. We have a story today. We went to Amazon and Amazon said, we don't have any plans to deplatform Twitter, even though we provided numerous examples of tweets that clearly incited violence. Uh, during the protests in, in the cities and, and in some cases advocated, you know, horrific behavior and uh, not the same consequence. It, it, it's, it, it's the duopoly. It's a double system, a double standard that I think is, is making Americans just uh, angrier than, than ever before. The um, What are you doing in the interim? Because obviously you still have an important role every day to help small businesses through the COVID crisis, through the policy uh, implications of a new president. Uh, how are you continuing to communicate with your user base uh, when uh, when this important communications tool has been basically unplugged forcibly? <laughs> well, we've now lost Twitter. We've lost Parler. Um, we still are on Facebook at Job Creators Network. Um, and then I'm on, I'm on Twitter still, um, right. which is at, at Elaine underscore Parker. Um, and we communicate with our um, members uh, through our newsletters um, and through our email system as well. We've got a half a million um, uh, grassroots members 
in our system that we communicate regularly with. And we're on the media all the time talking about how these policies, you know, just in the first, you know, less than 10 days, first week of the new Biden administration, um, just through executive order, the Biden administration has put over 10 million jobs on the chopping block. Um, And we're going to continue educating Americans about how these policies are hurting small business. Um, You know, they are the drivers of this economy. They will drive us out of this um, pandemic-induced recession, but we have to have the right policies in place to allow them to do it. Um, And $15 an hour minimum wage and uh, rolling back the Taxes and Jobs Act um, and and, and, and a regulatory onslaught and and cutting jobs on the Keystone Pipeline and and measures like that, that is not going to help us recover. What's going to help us recover is targeted help to small businesses like the Paycheck Protection Program, getting it in their hands. And most importantly, um, because government funding and government stimulus is never going to be enough money to get this economy going, the most important thing we can do is reopen this economy and allow small businesses to be open at 100%. We can do it safely and we can, and, and we can do it uh, smartly, but we need to do it now. The, um, there was always such important arguments and a lot of people are having conversations even today as, as alternatives to the, um, uh, Democrat COVID plan are, are being offered by Republicans in the Senate. Uh, there's a, a chronic debate and to be sidelined is remarkable. Now people will say, and I've heard people say this already today, and I want to just put it on the table and, and, and have you uh, confronted uh, straight on. So normally you guys oppose excessive government regulation. You're not a big fan of regulation. You believe the free market can uh, fix things. But when you ask for regulation of uh, Twitter, there's a real philosophy behind this. And you mentioned the Ma Bell AT&T breakups and, and Microsoft and earlier. It's because that the, Twitter can't exist unless it's using our public airwaves, right? The uh, Everyone communicates using uh, bandwidth in the air or underlying uh, underground cables that you know, pass the telecommunication system. So the idea of treating it as a utility isn't just plucked out of air. There's a there's a real philosophy behind it. Could you talk a little bit about what you and Alfredo were, were suggesting? Because it's unusual for JCN to propose that regulation, but in this case, you had a very specific, you know, thing in mind here. Yeah, well, like I said, I just, I equate it to um, the idea that, you know, if, if they are able to censor one voice and it becomes just an echo chamber of uh, liberal voices um you know it it takes away the the idea of what it was supposed to be and that's a town square um and aside from from inventing another internet which you know that's already been done right um you know we we all are using um the internet and so when you have um these platforms that are hosting billions of people who are sharing ideas in, in, in the town square, essentially, um, you know, all of these ideas should be welcome. Um, I'm not talking about violence, of course, or, or illegal activities. Right. Um, but that is why if, if Section 230 is repealed, we believe that there will be even more censorship because then these tech giants will actually be held liable for the content that's on their site, like a publisher. Um, And if that's the direction they want to go in, that's fine if that's what the tech giants want, because there'll be somebody else who comes into the space to fill the void of town marketplace. That's right. Um, uh, Of, of, you know, the town square to to generate ideas and have uh, discussions 
of different issues or, or share pictures of your children, you know, whatever you decide to do. Right. Um, but, it, but repealing 230 will, will create more censorship. And that's why if we just make them a neutral utility, they're just hosting yep. and they're just they're creating them. Yeah. Yes. They're Switzerland. Then, then, then that's fair. And it allows all the voices to be heard because right now, it is really hard for anyone to deny that it isn't just conservative voices that are being uh, censored. Yeah, the double standards are, I mean, like I said, we have a story on our site uh, in the last 24 hours at Just the News that literally went through almost identical languaged tweets uh, used during the city protests and the urban protests last summer that match, you know, what's been censored and decried as criminal uh, in the Capitol riots, and yet it still exists on Twitter. There's been no consequence to it. So there are real tangible proof of two different systems here and two different standards being applied. And um, I can see why so many uh, folks are going to be upset about what's happened to, to Job Creators Network. Uh, while we have it, because I, I never want to miss an opportunity, what are the most important, uh, you know, small business is so important. It's the engine of America. Uh, what are the most important legislative and regulatory issues that small businesses are concerned about in the beginning of 2021? So right now, um, the the things that, that are most concerning small business owners, of course, is this COVID package, right. um, which is uh, the Biden administration has flipped in a $15 an hour federal uh, minimum wage. Um, and that would just be devastating to small businesses that are really trying to struggle. Um, they're, you know, holding on barely in some areas of the country and then to be hit with a $15 an hour minimum wage, you know, in, in 2019, the CEO came out and said, uh, $15 an hour national minimum wage could actually um, cause us to lose upwards of 3.7 million jobs. Wow. Um, and, we can't and, afford and, that. And that. We already lost too many jobs with COVID. That's a big Absol- number. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Um, in addition, the, the, the Biden administration has, has promised to repeal the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And, and while they try to differentiate it uh, by saying it, only people who make $400,000 and above um, that is right in there where the job creators are. I mean, between with their with their business income, the, those that are structured as S corporations right. and, and run their business revenue through their personal income. So um, Joe Biden and his administration, they are kidding themselves if they think they can hurt job creators and not hurt the employees that work for them. Yeah. Um, these are they're in, all they're linked inextricably. Yeah. yeah, they're they're all linked. They are all linked. Um, and they can make promises and make people who are below that threshold think, well, it's not me, it's somebody else. Right. But the reality, we know what rolls, rolls downhill and it always rolls down to the little guy and yeah. that's who it's going to hurt. Well, that's it. I mean, you have a, you have a fix, fixed expense base. If your expense goes up somewhere, what's going to happen? Uh, some, some job is going to be eliminated to make up the, uh, the cost difference. And that's always been the concern about a federal uh, minimum wage increase, which is, there is a measurable effect, and in tight times, it's even more measurable, right? When the economy is roaring, maybe it, you don't feel the impact because you can absorb some of the cost. But we're we're coming in, you know, out of a very difficult time, and, and imposing this new mandate seems to be concerning to not only. You know, I've talked to some Democrats that have private concern. They're in swing districts. They they're seeing what's happened to the restaurant association, or or the you know the dry cleaners, or other people that are are struggling in. Uh, they just don't want these businesses to take another hit. And that's Democrats talking privately. 
do you think uh, there is enough support to block it? The, the, the fact that Manchin and, um, and a couple of other Democratic senators say they won't get rid of the filibuster, do you feel like there is some uh, line of defense here that you can call upon to, to stop these things? Look, I think reasonable um, Democrats like uh, Manchin in, in West Virginia and Cinema in Arizona, right. I think that their their constituents, um, that they understand that their constituents are, are being directly impacted and will be directly impacted um, by policies like that. Um, and, and I'm hopeful that if we can continue having this conversation out on social media and having small business owners actually carry the message um, that it will, we can continue educating not only legislators like Manchin and Cinema, but their constituents so that they do speak yeah, out point. and have their voice heard. Um, and so the most important thing that small business owners can do is join in this conversation and, and become a member of Job Creators Network um, because we do help get their voice and their message out so that it's heard not only in the public forum, but, but by um, Washington, D.C., and that, that was key in how we were help, able to help get the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act over the finish line was by making sure that small businesses' voices were heard. We yep. can do the same thing with beating back um, measures like uh, increasing taxes, like the $15 an hour minimum wage, and even um, what they're trying to, what they want to do with healthcare ultimately, and that's take us to a single payer system or public option, whatever you want to call it, it's right. all on its way to single payer. Yeah, no, the dynamics are amazing. And you're right, though. There's nothing more powerful than having 50 of your business owners in your congressional district come to you and tell you, don't do this. That's the, probably the strongest, not, not form of lobbying, but stronger form of influence. People on the ground telling you, this is going to hurt us. And that's what you guys do every day. You get, you give that small business owner uh, a megaphone that they might not otherwise have it uh, if it weren't for Job Creators Network. So we're so grateful. Elaine, we want to follow this story. We've reached out to Twitter uh, here at Just the News and we haven't heard back from them yet, but we're trying to figure out what their side of the story is. But um, it doesn't look like they gave you a whole lot of information to describe your, your suspension. It, it's really remarkable. Well, if you find out, please let us know because we have no idea. We, as far as we're concerned, we have done an internal review and we've done nothing wrong. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty remarkable, stunning thing. That's why I'm so glad you came to share your story today here at John Solomon Reports at Just the News. We're so grateful and we're going to get you back on soon as we follow this story uh, to its completion. So, Elaine, thank you again for, for the time today. Thanks, John. Appreciate the time. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. 
Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. I hope in the next few days to have a couple of new exclusive stories. One, taking a look at uh, the flaws with the impeachment article against the president based on new information that the FBI has put in its affidavits, as well as some new declassified documents. I'm going to get back to Russia documents. I've taken a couple days off to work on other projects, but I haven't forgotten about your interest in uh, the Russia collusion documents and the declassification in the false stories that um, are now coming to light, uh, the misconduct that is now clear. I hope you look forward to uh, that, and I'll be back with you tomorrow. We're going to try to get Mark Morgan, the former Customs and Border Patrol chief, to talk about what the Joe Biden immigration agenda is doing at the border, what message it is sending to our uh, allies in Mexico, to other countries that may have um, citizens who want to migrate to the United States, Um, lots of big, important national security and policy issues going on. No one better than the former chief of the Customs and Border Patrol to to walk us through that. We're going to try to get him on tomorrow. Uh, So be sure to come back tomorrow. Thank you for listening. And while you go tonight to your dinner table, may God bless you. May God bless America. And thank you for supporting Just the News and listening to this podcast. It means so much to me. 